Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Forever Blue Shirts Radio Podcast, a daily Goldhorn special. Today, my guest will be Jeff Ulrich from Draft Kings. He's an NHL analyst there, and we're going to talk about the entire league. We're going to go through basically each division, try and pick some division winners, and also talk about some of the best plays for this weekend. We'll start the show, though, with a little Rangers news. So let's get going. Forever Blue Shirts Radio Podcast, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. So, it's been a while since we've spoke, but the Rangers are the Rangers. They are exactly what we expected them to be at this point in the season. A very young team, a very inconsistent team, but one of the big pluses has been the Rangers' defense and their penalty killing. Now, the last time we spoke, you know, they were still coming along, but they really have done some special things on the PK. Uh, the game against Philadelphia side where they took eight penalties and gave up two power play goals, they really were humming it up to that point. Of course, the Rangers are dealing with some issues, and those issues are big issues. They're not small. So a lot of it has to do with um, Zibanejad. And Zibanejad's scoring is coming on as of late. This is good news. But as soon as his scoring starts coming on, unfortunately, and everyone's aware, obviously Artemi Panarin's dealing with some issues, leave of absence. I don't want to get into it. It's been discussed. Uh, I've written about it on foreverblueshirts.com. There are a lot of people doing some amazing reporting on it. Uh, so please check out Forever Blue Shirts. We kind of point you in all the right directions. Um, but right now, as Bob McKenzie's last update on NBCSN, there is no timetable for his return. The Rangers did say they were going to let uh, Artemi deal with these allegations and uh, take as much time as he needs to get back. Now, with that being said, David Quinn spoke already today. So just so for context, this is Friday, February 26th. The Rangers are playing Boston. David Quinn has already spoken. There is no indication that the lineup is final for tonight. Okay, Probably the same lineup as was Philadelphia, but there are no call-ups. Heedle's not playing, although he practiced. Great news there, too. What does that mean if it's not final? Well, first and foremost, I do believe it's either Kako or Miller and COVID tests. Uh, we don't know how you know they get on the COVID list. Kako has put a photo on his Instagram of him looking pretty good, playing NHL 2021 um, at home in his apartment. So it's possible that Miller or Kako, maybe both, maybe are ready to come back. So that would be great. Uh, maybe there's a slight chance Panarin with all these um, reports coming out of Russia, former teammates saying that he never assaulted anyone uh, coming out. Maybe he's feeling better. Maybe he's ready to come back to play. Uh, you know, we don't want to assume anything, but it's possible, right? So there's a couple of things that are outstanding if it's not Heedle being put in the lineup or call up from Hartford. Anything is a boost to the lineup against the Boston Bruins tonight. 
Uh, fans will also be in attendance. <clears throat> That's awesome. So we're expecting around 2,000 fans. Uh, I think believes fans are going to be tested uh, coming into the door. So whoever's going tonight, if you're listening to this podcast, enjoy the game. Cheer loud. Cheer proud. Let us hear you. Uh, it's long overdue. Uh, sense of normalcy. Let's get there slowly, but let's get there. So definitely, please, have a great time. And I think it'll be great to hear fans in the stands. I wonder if the broadcast will also pump in some uh, fan noise. Uh, that should be interesting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to how the broadcast will go tonight as well. When we're talking about the Rangers, though, the trade deadline is approximately a month and a half away. Right? So we're looking at April, mid-April. The Rangers are probably not going to make the playoffs just by the way, you know, with the issues, the injuries. Jacob Trub is out still probably a month away. You have Heedle on the way back. Uh, no certainty about Panarin, but it would take quite a streak or a little run, and they could go on one, so I'm not discounting it. Let's be clear. The Rangers could sneak the fourth seed here. But... I would think that even so, come playoff time, or I should say come deadline, even if they are on the verge of making the playoffs, they can make moves. You have Brendan Smith and you have Jack Johnson, both unrestricted free agents. Uh, Defensemen are always a commodity at the deadline. I would assume that if there's interest in either one of them, regardless of if they're in the playoffs or hunting for a spot, you have to move and pick up assets, even draft picks. If you can get a sixth round draft pick or a seventh round draft pick for Jack Johnson, great. If you can get a third round draft pick or a fourth round draft pick for Brendan Smith, great. The reason why I say that is in this NHL economy, this flat cap era, draft picks are like gold. And if the Rangers, as I've been led to believe, are on the verge of a blockbuster trade At some point, I doubt it will be at the deadline. And the only way it will be at the deadline, if Jack Eichel makes a trade demand public before then. Otherwise, it's an off-season trade. Who that center is, we don't know. We don't know. Is it Eichel? I believe it will be. I believe he wants out of Buffalo. That's my thought process. He was a late scratch last night. They say it was a lower body injury. But nonetheless, those are red flags. Now, he's probably not playing at 100%. He certainly hasn't looked like himself this year. Regardless, it's going to send speculation through the roof. Are there any other players out there that they could consider? I don't know. There are some centers that are going to be made available. Matt Duchesne in Nashville. That's a possibility. Hopefully it won't cost much. Another potential center, and I doubt they're going to make him available, would be Alexander Barkov in Florida. You know, obviously we've written about him before too. We have to see who becomes available. I think the prime target is Jack Eichel. I believe the Rangers and a lot of other teams around the NHL, a lot of other agents too, they all think Jack Eichel's done, that he's out. And I even believe the Sabres have to look at themselves and it's not working. And Eichel could really expedite a, a, a quick transition and to becoming competitive. And the Rangers definitely have the prospect and the pieces to get a deal done. So with that being said, as we talk about the deadline, draft picks, those guys can get draft picks. There are two restricted free agents that the Rangers have to consider maybe moving 
because Brett Howden and Julian Goche are going to be exposed to the Seattle expansion. And maybe it's worth trying to get a pick for them or trying to put them in a, in a package deal for another player or something else you could use as an asset to flip or something that you know you're going to have to give up in order to get an Eichel, right? So you can look at those two guys as valuable assets as well at the deadline. The Rangers do have people in Hartford that could come up. You have Morgan Barron, who they're trying to see how he could do at center, but is thought of as a wing. He could replace Goche on the fourth line, right? Or even on the third line. You do have Kratzoff coming over, right? You have to expect Kratzoff will make a move to come over. Uh, it's going to get real crowded real fast soon. So I do believe some movement is coming. As for Brett Howden, I think he's a solid player, but I think he hasn't progressed this year. I haven't seen any offensive uptick. He seems to be solid in his own zone as a safe play, and I'm sure Quinn loves that, that he's sound defensively. But he's really not bringing much to the table on the offensive side of the puck. The Rangers have other guys that could come up and fill his shoes if they wanted to, like a Patrick Kotarenko. Um, Austin Rishoff, I believe, is another one down in the minors. They have some options. So I don't think they're, oh, we can't make this move now. And Colin Blackwell, by the way, really nice ass asset. He could play some center too if they needed, right? So regardless of that fact, Heedle's coming back. It's getting crowded. Kevin Rooney's fine as a fourth-line center. What do you do with Howden? You can start seeing potential players that could be moved as things start to develop. And finally, my biggest wild card is Pavel Buchnevich. And the reason why I say that is you talk about Vitaly Kravtsov coming. Kravtsov or Buchnevich is probably going to be one of the big pieces moved in a trade for a center. It's just plain as day. Capo Kako is going nowhere. He is your first or second line right wing. I don't believe the Rangers are going to want to have Kratzoff as their third line right wing or Buchnevich as their third line right wing. Mind you, if no trade for a center or the big trade for the center doesn't necessarily take place, Kratzoff can start next year as a third line right wing and move his way up. But eventually, Buchnevich or him are going to have to be moved. It doesn't, it just, the ice time's not there to go around for everyone. And the power play time won't be around there for everyone. And Buchnevich is probably not suited to be a third line right wing. Plus, if Panarin and Lafreniere are your two future top left wingers, what do you do with Kreider? Does Kreider move down as a third line left wing? I can totally see that, right? But you got guys like Brendan Lemieux that could play third line left wing and get valuable minutes. I like him a lot. So maybe Kreider switches to the right side. I know that's a lot for a guy who makes $7 million a year, but he is going to be 30 soon. So these are all things that I believe will be very interesting. I will cover it extensively at foreverblueshirts.com. So with that being said, I just want everyone to be mindful of it. We're going to take a commercial break and we come back. DraftKings NHL analyst, Jeff Ulrich. And we're going to run through the divisions, pick our favorites to win each division, talk about the Rangers a little bit more too, talk about potential Stanley Cup winners, and some of his best plays for this weekend. All right, welcome back, everyone. And my guest today is Jeff Ulrich of DraftKings. He's an NHL analyst there. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, man. Thanks a lot for having me on. 
It is a pleasure to have you on. I hope everything is well with you. How are you surviving the pandemic wherever you are? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's definitely been a crazy, I mean, we're almost at a year here. So, you know, with uh, with the condensed sports cycle and stuff like that and, and DraftKings, you know, putting out some new offerings as uh, as the pandemic went on, you know, like we, we did things like, uh, you know, Madden simulations and stuff to, to fill the gap. And then obviously we had the NHL and NBA bubble being a really condensed kind of thing. It, it's been crazy. I'm not going to lie, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, looking back, looking forward to getting back to some normalcy, with, which we have kind of a bit with this NHL season. It's been it's been interesting with the condensed divi- divisions and stuff, but it's been fun to cover so far. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I'm actually I know the NHL is talking about this. At least there's some conversation. But, you know, the benefit of the limited travel is one thing. But the truth of the matter is, again, a lot of it, it's always comes down to money and marketing and yeah, you want the Rangers to play the Kings at least once, but in the truth of it all, a game against the Penguins or a game extra game against the Capitals or Islanders Devils is probably a lot more important than a, you know, one or two time matchup against the Kings out west. You know, and especially if the Kings are terrible or the Rangers are terrible, however you want to look at it. And it's really not going to play. It's not going to help in the divisional standings or really not fair uh, in some context. So anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I love these divisional matchups. I think it's been great for hockey. Uh, I see a little Canadian flag in the back. So I'm assuming you're going to you're you're Canadian and you're probably loving the North Division. And I think it's been great hockey and I think it's awesome. Um, But just to kind of continue here, since you're with DraftKings, as an NHL analyst for DraftKings, what do you do for them? Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, I agree 100% on the divisional thing. I, I think the NHL hopefully looks into making it, you know, maybe not not this condensed every year, but but more condensed. And, uh, yeah, definitely from Canada here. So what we do, what we do at DraftKings, you know, every day, we're just we're breaking down the slate for people. We're, we're trying to highlight what what's being offered on the DraftKings Sportsbook or, or on the Daily Fantasy side. And, you know, for 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 NHL purposes, obviously, uh, they have a really good product, uh, in my opinion, for daily fantasy. You know, they they switched up their scoring a little bit. So what I'm doing is is I'm providing a preview of that. You know, what what guys are, are possibly in good matchups. So we're looking at things like, you know, uh, who, who's who's got the the ben- the most beneficial matchup for you on the slate. I mean, uh, things like, you know, is, uh, is the team that Nathan McKinnon's going up, giving up a, a ton of shots on goal and stuff like that. Just trying to, to give players, you know, or, or, you know, DFS players a brief look into it. So, you know, we're kind of the, I, I work for the media arm, obviously at DraftKings, um, and, and trying to give people just a, a little bit of insight because it's a fun product once you get involved and, and we're just trying to, to cut down on research time a little bit every night. So, you know, obviously, uh, we're not going to be right every time in our analysis or anything like that. But again, you know, when, when you're, um, when you're trying to start your research, we always try and, and give people uh, the, the ins and outs of it. And, uh, and it just you know, previewing the slate from, uh, from an odds perspective, because again, you know, sports book and sports betting and, and, and DraftKings and, and uh, daily fantasy, it's just becoming a more prevalent part of the sports world. And, you know, the, the, the media arm and the writing is, is now centered around it. So we're trying to give people as much of that as possible. Uh, totally makes sense. Listen, I've been, I used to play a lot of fantasy hockey. I mean, it, as you it's get crazy. older kids and everything else, it just, yeah, it becomes harder and harder to maintain. It leads. does. And I know the daily fantasy thing is cool, but I, Hey man, I can't begin to tell you how many times, you know, and again, I'm going to date myself, but <laughs> I would draft Yarmir Yager and I had Yager and I'm like, Oh my God, he's playing like the three worst teams in, in the league this week. And they're giving up tons of goals. And I'm like, all right. And then, and then I have another guy. I may have, um, 
I may have drafted like Tamu Solani. And I'm like, right. oh, Solani's got four games, but oh man, these matchups are all difficult. And then I play Yager over Solani. And next thing I know, Yager comes up, scores one goal in three games and Solani put up like 14 points. I'm like, how did that even happen? So again, it's information and information is always powerful. But I think at some point, fans got to go with their guts, right? It's it is it's a fair point. I mean, um, you know, you can definitely get into the the overanalyzing side of it. Um, we I try and you know provide uh, you know, kind of both viewpoints as possible. You know, um, from a perspective of like you said, if you've got a good player and, and kind of a poor matchup, you, you you don't need to write them off, right? So we try not to be uh, too concrete like that. But um, it, it's definitely you know highly variable. If, if the nice thing about daily fantasy though is. It's like you said, you know, the, the season long, you got to commit every day on DraftKings. You know, if you want to pop in, you want to take a shot, you got a good gut feeling about someone, you can pop in and play them for one night. You don't have to play the other night. You're not committed to anything past that one night. So that is why I definitely love the DraftKings concept. It's still still kind of in its infancy. And um, th- that's the nice thing about it. You know, you can you can test your, your gut theories out for a night and, and take a break if, if you want to. So true, true. Um, just trying to line up my next question, right? So having trying to look at the two worlds and I've played, you know, DraftKings, you name it, right? I've done a daily fantasy league. Obviously the what makes it difficult, okay? You know, people are like, well, it's a one-day draft. I can draft whoever I want. Well, the real difficulty is is you have a you have a cap. So you are dealing with a cap every mm. time you play. You have a certain amount of money and you got to figure out, well, you know, maybe Ovechkin tonight is playing the most feeble team on the planet defensively and you go, man, he could have a monster evening, but he's $8,000, which was like a large portion of your cap and leaves you like literally looking at the, like at some point I remember going, okay, I really want these guys. And now I'm going, I have $4,000. I've got to fill up a spot. And I'm just going, which one of these guys at the bottom of the barrel? So my question to you is how do you even come up with the cash on what makes Ovechkin maybe worth $9,000 one night versus maybe $7,000 another night. I mean, I don't even know what the formula is, but that sounds maddening yeah. to me. Yeah. And again, I, I'm not the guy who, who creates the salaries, but I can definitely give you some insight into what things affect it. Right. So a uh, matchup definitely affects player salary. Like you said, you know, uh, Ovechkin most nights, if he's playing say uh, the Ottawa senators, he obviously not playing them this year, but if he was, you know, he would be, he would probably be at his max salary, like 9K or something or over 9K. But if he's if he going up against a good defensive team, maybe playing the Bruins, he's probably not going to be as expensive. So matchup plays into it. Recent form plays into it. Um, you know, I, I think they do look at things like, you know, recent form, things like that, where they are at the odds tonight. You know, is Washington a massive favorite? If they are, Ovechkin's probably going to be bigger in salary. Now, you know, how, as, as to your other you know point, like how to fit these guys in, that's where the the research does kind of pay off. And again, you know, I, I try to provide uh, people with with just a little bit of information on on a nightly basis. And um, looking at players who are getting increased opportunity uh, lower down in the range, you know, injuries happen, guys get vaulted into the top six. Those are the cheap guys you really want to target. So you know, a great a great example right now is a guy like Matt Zuccarello in Minnesota getting a, a chance now in the top six, or even in, in the Rangers case. You know, you got a guy like uh, Blackwell and Lafreniere. I mean, they're obviously getting more opportunity with with Panarin out. So um, those guys are, are becoming great values for DraftKings uh, and, and lets you fit in the studs like Ovechkin. So. Absolutely. And, and again, it, it all comes down to trying to trying to figure out what's the best lineup you can get for the money you can get. And by the way, just something else for folks out there. I've won 
playing daily fantasy leagues, not spending every single dime. <laughs> you don't have to spend true. every single dime to make the best lineup. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to max out. And, and sometimes you can make really unique lineups by not doing that, right? Um, you know, most people are going to try and max out their salaries. So that is something, uh, you know, we, we kind of advocate too. Um, you know, you don't always have to pay it. If you, if you like the lineup you got, you know, d- don't always just go back and be like, well, I got to pay up. If, if you like a guy, you can kind of just stick with them. And, uh, you know, you can kind of ignore that salary sometimes. All right. So I want to talk some hockey now. Let's talk NHL, but let's do it from an odds perspective. I know you got a lot of things in front of you, right? So let's, <laughs> let's break down a couple of things. Um, I do have a pretty large following, right? And I have foreverblueshirts.com and the dailygoalhorn.com, which is an NHL-based site. Um, Toronto. Oh, Toronto. Oh, so <laughs> desperate for a Stanley Cup. Oh, how desperately they want it. And honestly, I hope they get it one day. I mean, the Rangers don't look like I they're winning one, so good for them. But, uh, I mean, right now they're they're tearing up the league. They are owning the North Division. Austin Matthews, my Captain America, uh, <laughs> He's he's tearing it up, and I heard he's even been playing with like a like a bad wrist, and I'm like, oh, he's got a bad wrist. So my question to you is, we're going to go two Toronto questions in a sense. Okay, are they going to win the Stanley Cup? Are the odds in their favor? Yeah, you, you know, if they're right now, they're sitting at plus seven hundred. Uh, they're the second favorites to win the Stanley Cup on the DraftKings Sportsbook. So that, that is pretty interesting. They moved into second favorite status. If there was ever a year that Toronto was going to pull this off, I think it's this one. I, I still think they're a team that, you know, they, 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 they still give up a lot of scoring chances, special teams. You know, well, with the man advantage, they're very good. Penalty kill it can be a little iffy with them. You know, they, they can really get in these funks and, and um, just with, with the, the amount of scoring chances they allow. Now, they, they've obviously been a little bit better this year, but with the division they're in, you know, um, the Oilers are picking things up. Montreal, I still think, is, is a very solid team, even though they're going through a real bad patch. But with the division they're in, they got a real shot here to come out, A, with the division win and, you know, possibly get a weak first-round matchup and then just set themselves up to uh, in a really good spot in the second round. So my answer is, is going to be, yeah, I, I think at the very least, they're going to have a very good shot of getting to that, those semifinals. They may have to go through a team like, you know, Vegas or something like that. And, you know, quite quite frankly, Vegas and Colorado, they're behind Toronto in the odds right now. But I would take those teams over Toronto still. So I'm I'm more bullish on Toronto than I have been in the past. But I I still feel like this is a team that is kind of living and dying with Austin Matthews goal scoring. And he's really hot right now. And if that dries up, I, I think you'll see the Leafs probably aren't as good as a couple of those teams I just mentioned. So I can totally envision this. I just want to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Toronto runs away, wins first place in the division, and Toronto loses to a fourth seed like Flames <laughs> team in the first round. It's the most Toronto thing ever. If they do, do. how how quickly do they? Kyle Dubas get fired? Oh yeah, God. I mean, I, it would be hard to fire him. I think in a short season, if they had a really good regular season, but. It is Toronto. They they tend to overreact to those things. So again, I, I'm I'm kind of based out west. So I do have a bias. I'm not going to lie, but I'll, I'll give the Maple Leafs props right now. I I really thought the Canadians would be the team to beat in this division, and right now they, they've proven me wrong in that aspect. So um, they they got a lot to prove in the playoff aspect. Like I said, uh, still giving up a lot of scoring chances, but uh, man, if they can get past that first round, 
Um, you know, a lot of the psychological burden might come off and, and you might see him go for a run. But yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting one for sure. Austin Matthews, does he score 50 goals this year? I, I mean, I, it's just, it's such a hard feat to do. Uh, I'm going to say no, but it really is set up well. Like the, you look at this division, obviously he's just playing in, in against one division the whole time. You've got the Canucks, the Senators, even the Oilers give up a ton of scoring chances. I know they're they're killing everyone right now, but you've got some poor defensive teams right now uh, in that division. Um, he's just going to keep getting these punching bags, you know, night after night. I I, I don't want to say, I, I, I want to say no, because it's such a hard feat to accomplish, but like if there is ever a setup for a guy to do it, he might get there. So um, I, I think it's it's going to be like a coin flip whether he gets there. And I, the other thing is, I think if he gets close, the Leafs will probably really try and, and emphasize getting him those those last couple goals down the stretch. So right now, um, you know, I, it's probably 50-50 odds whether he gets there. There's a good chance he might. Let's take a walk over to the Pacific. Are the Vegas Golden Knights the team to beat in the Pacific? I really do think they are. Um, you know, we've seen uh, – we, we've seen like the, the avalanche really have trouble get going this year. Uh, you know, obviously McKinnon and, and, and uh, COVID hiatus kind of affected them a little bit. Um, I'm not big on the blues at all this year. I think that team is, is suffering, uh, you know, a little bit of, of, of a hangover from losing Peter Angelo and they're searching for an identity right now. They're scoring a little bit more, but they're giving up way more scoring chances. And then who else do you have there? I, I kind of like the wild, but I don't know if I could pick them ever to go after the golden Knights. I really do like the gold, um, the, the Golden Knights here. I, I think that they're they've they've kind of uh, you know they they're coming off a, a series with the the Avalanche, and the Avalanche really beat them up last year. They dominated that series, but the um, the Golden Knights shut them out three nothing in their in their last uh, their last game against them. And I think that that a win like that could really just be like a really big psychological boost for the Golden Knights. And it is interesting; they're still not getting a ton of respect. Like they're the favorites right now in the DraftKings sportsbook to win that division, but they're still only plus one thirty-five. So you're getting plus odds, even though they're in the lead. They've only played sixteen games; they're eleven four and one. Um, I like this team. You know, I really like their first line with with Pacioretty. They got good scoring depth, Marchezzo down there, and and some really good defensemen. I mean, Shea Theodore is is great. So um, yeah, I, I'm pretty big on the Golden Knights. Like I said, I would probably take them over Toronto right now. Um, you know, just again, if we're comparing like kind of uh, division leaders, but it's close. Uh, I, I do like the Golden Knights, though, to come out of that division right now. All I'm going to say is the Blues are the type of team that will do well in the playoffs. May not do well in the regular season, but I would not sleep on the Blues in the playoffs, especially to, when Tarasenko yeah. comes back. That, I mean, that, that could be a boost. Absolutely. And you're right. They got that experience. There's still a lot of experience on that team. Ryan O'Reilly is just, uh, you know, a, a player built for the playoffs as well. So it could be one of those things where the Blues sneak in and, and maybe pull the upset. Absolutely. Let's take another stroll. Let's go to the Central Division, right? So now we're in the Central. And I look at the Central and I, I'm shaking my head a little bit. <laughs> I'm not shocked by the Lightning, even with their issues with the cap and not having Kucherov. I thought they were, I thought that was a weak division to begin with. Um, it, it's been made especially weaker with Dallas's ineptitude this year. They have right. not been yep. good. Uh, the Jackets have not been very good. I thought the Jackets would be better. Uh, the Blackhawks are playing way over their heads at this point. And uh, I feel like at some point the bottom is going to fall, fall out. And although I really like the Panthers because I think they play a good style of hockey, 
I think the Hurricanes are just as dangerous. I think it really is just those three teams, and then I guess somebody will have to figure out who wants to take for, fourth place in this division. But who do you see coming out of it? Yeah, th- this one is an interesting division. I, I like the way Florida's played too, but it would be hard for me to sit here and 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 say I really like them over the Lightning and Hurricanes. Um, I, I complete. I think we're kind of in agreement here. Like you know, the Blackhawks, they, they've got a couple games in hand. They're sitting in third right now, but. At what point does the goaltending dry up a little bit? Um, you know, they're, they're getting by with, with without scoring too much, without a lot of depth. They may get some players back too, which could help them. But I, I feel like the Blue Jackets got to be the team there to grab fourth. I, I agree. Like they've underperformed for me as well. They got Lion A in now. Um, they do seem to be playing a little bit better. I feel like they're going to hit their stride at some point if they can maybe just get even a little bit of goaltending. So I'll, I'll probably take the Blue Jackets there for the last spot. You know, good good season for the Blackhawks, though, who might be turning it around. But out of this division, I still think, and and I, I did write about this uh, for the DraftKings, uh, you know, playbook and DK Nation up there, uh, DKNation.com, that um, I like the Hurricanes. I, I like the Hurricanes as a Stanley Cup futures target as well. I mean, this is a team that's lost their number one goalie. He should be back for the stretch run. They've really started to pick it up offensively this year. They roll out three good scoring lines. They're a tough team to beat. You know, Dougie Hamilton stays healthy again. Um, you know, I, I think that hurt them a lot last year, losing them. And I, I think the Hurricanes have what it takes to, to potentially overcome a Lightning team, you know, without their best scorer this year and, uh, you know, who might be a, a little bit injury prone. So give me the Hurricanes out of this one. Uh, maybe they don't finish in first or win the division, but I do think they're the team that'll, that'll go deep in the playoffs here. For me, the, for me, Jeff, the Hurricanes are a regular season darling and a playoff nothing. I'm sorry. So, okay. And Fair the reason enough. why I just, they, they, they got to prove it. They, they got to prove they're, it. They're good. Right. They play a great system. They're all, you know, I like their coach. They play with, play a great style, but I don't like their goaltending in the clutch and Kucherov is going to be back for the playoffs. And that is the death knell. And if, for example, the hurricanes get the jackets in the first round, the jackets are notorious for killing a team in the first round. Tortorella, that's just his style. And he's got enough offensive weapons to get it done to knock to, to me to knock out the Canes. Now, will it happen? I don't know. You could be right, right? You're the one who works at DraftKings, not me. I'm just a <laughs> clown talking to you. <laughs> hey, look, I mean, th- this stuff is impossible to predict, first of all. I'm not going to pretend like I got any crystal ball, but I do feel like the Hurricanes are a team. And look, you're absolutely right in saying they, they got to prove it. You know, Paul Maurice's record in the, in the postseason – it, you know, Tor- Tortorella definitely, you know, would have his number in that respect. So he's got to prove it too. But I, I do feel like this is a team that it's a younger team. I, I think that eventually you will see them get over the hump. And I, I think this could be the year. Um, a lot of it will depend on Tampa and, and whether they get, um, you know, Kucherov back. I agree. And if they can get it together uh, for another long run, they, they might hit a little bit of burnout. They, they've been, you know, obviously coming off the Stanley Cup and now a short season, but I still kind of like the Hurricanes. I, I do feel like long-term, this is going to be a, a team that you know really gets deep one year. Let's go to what I honestly, and it's not just because the Rangers play there and this is a Ranger-centric podcast, uh, the East. It is brutal. It is a brutal division. I looked at the standings today and said, how the hell are the Caps tied for first? Yeah. <laughs> the Caps had a lot of issues. They had four guys gone for four games, no Ovechkin. And I'm like, and they won last night. And I'm going, and the Boston lost. I'm like, they, they're tied. The Islanders are nipping at heels. They just got hot. You know, you got the Penguins and the Flyers that are going to battle it out. Now, I shoot like as, as much as I think the Rangers have a lot of promise, and I think they will be the team to beat at some point. 
uh, with the way they're being built and the way they're going forward. And they're not looking to make anything rash. So I don't think they'll do something like, oh, we need to compete to get into the playoffs this year. That's not the mindset of John Davidson and Jeff Gordon. They know what they have and they know that it's not about this year. It really is going to be about next year. Uh, and I would say I would love to hear your odds on Jack Eichel becoming a member of the New York Rangers because if, <laughs> just from what I could tell you, it's pretty damn good. If he's if he gets if he demands to be traded, that's probably where he's landing. Yeah, I mean, Kings, I doubt it, but I think that's where he's landing. It, it does seem like it's like the Kings or the Rangers, isn't it? Um, God, Zibanejad and Eichel would be really, really good top two. <laughs> um, I would that would uh, I would challenge like McDavid and Drysaddle right there, but. Um, yeah, the, the Rangers are they're a really interesting team this year. Yeah, I mean, you're right. The, this East Division is is it's pretty insane. You got five teams within like three points of each other. Yep. And you got like the Devils in sixth with a winning record. I mean, it, the Rangers are it's a strange season for them. I mean, they they've really improved defensively. Like their penalty kill is way better. They're not as allowing as as many scoring chances if you look at the advanced stats and stuff. That's kind of surprising to me. I wasn't really expecting that. Their goaltending has regressed a little bit, and and of course their goal scoring has regressed a little bit. Which, it, again, I didn't I didn't expect. I, I thought the Rangers' offense would uh, would really pick things up, kind of where they left off, especially with the addition of Lafreniere. But um, Vanagy really has thrown everything off. And, and listen, the guy's yeah. got two goals. I yeah. no one predicted that he has struggled. Now I don't know yeah. if it's whatever the issues are. The bottom yeah. line is it's about results, and when you're when you're Second best offensive weapon has four points on the season or five points on the season. You know, you're, you're going to struggle. And, and you're right about the defense because I'm telling you that this defense, obviously we all know what happened that D'Angelo has been waived, right? Yep. Without getting into all of that, that guy was top four scoring defenseman. He's not even on the team. And you're looking at the Rangers defense with Truba out and, and Miller out on COVID, and you're going, so at, they wait a minute. They got Adam Fox and Ryan Lingren. I'm like, oh, those two were good. And then you go, what's the rest? Libor Hayek <laughs> and Anthony Boteto? Who? And then you go, Brendan Smith and Jack Johnson? Like, but they've been adequate. And I think mm, that speaks yep. to the overall commitment to defense that the Rangers have, you know, put emphasis on keeping the middle of the ice clear, preventing the cross ice feeds, which was like, a, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a, I'm trying to find the right words without saying a bad word, but it wasn't a good show in their own zone last year. It was no, sloppy to say the least. Exciting to watch though, but yeah, not, not good. If you're like a Rangers actual fan, you know, probably giving you heart attacks most nights. So, <laughs> so divisionally, uh, I, I get, I like the Bruins, but I, this is one that first off to start the year, I had the Flyers taking it flat right. out, but the Flyers also get this COVID. You, you, they got nailed with COVID. So yeah. it's yeah. throwing everything off. I think everyone was expecting the caps to like regress and, you know, cause they are, they're one of the older teams and the same thing with the Penguins and everyone expected the Islanders to be better, but they stumbled coming out. No, although they hot now, I still think the Islanders as good as they are. Do not have they don't have the goaltending, and I'm gonna get yelled at. Everyone believes in Varlamov. I do not. I think when it comes down to it, there are better teams and better goalies in this division that will will get them out. Yep. I think the Islanders will be a tough out, but I do believe that if I had a pick right now, as long as the Bruins can get healthy quick, it's them to win this division. 
Yeah, I, I'm pretty much with you there on the Islanders' take. I mean, I, I think, you know, you could see them sliding in the four seed. They're a solid team, really good defensively. Barlamov could win them a series maybe, but, like, I, I'm not picking them long-term or anything like that. Look, they're, they're, they're going to be in a dogfight just to make the playoffs with the Flyers and Penguins sitting behind them. So um, it, it probably comes down to the Bruins and, and you know, against maybe the Capitals stay hot or, or the Flyers make a run. Um, but it, it's such a tight division. I I would take the easy route here and just say Boston too. You know, they got Pasternak back. Give him a, co- a couple more weeks to get fully conditioned, whatever. They're not really scoring much right now, but they're, they're kind of just treading water. But, you know, once, once they kind of get back to health, like you said, the, the injury issues on defense, I think the Bruins will probably, you know, be, do enough to squeeze out the division win. And then it's just going to be a free-for-all, uh, you know, between these last, like, five teams. Um, it sets up as a little bit of a lot. I guess you, I don't want to say, like, a lost season for the Rangers, but – you know, with the COVID lack of training camp for for their rookie, it, it is a tough spot. Um, I was expecting, hoping the Rangers could maybe do a little bit more this year, but this is such a tough division. They've had some really bad breaks, obviously with the Panarin stuff going on too. So I like the Rangers long-term. I think long-term in this division, I think you already mentioned this, but there, there's some opportunity here. You got some aging teams in front of them. God, if they ever got Eichel, it, it would be a good spot. So, you know, Rangers... Um, Hopefully they can maybe they can turn it off on, on the back half like they did last year. It wouldn't shock me. That offense just it's just got to get going at some point. So um, I, I really like the Rangers long term what they're doing and stuff that the guys are stockpiling. Uh, but um, it, it's just going to be such a tough haul this year. Yeah, no, totally agree. All right, so we're going to wrap up this interview. Um, obviously, if there's anything you want to plug, you can definitely go ahead and do that. Uh, but just let's close it out. Since ever, since this is DraftKings, give me your 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 top three plays uh, for this upcoming weekend of games. Who do you really like? And you, people should be looking at if they're going to set a lineup. Yeah, for sure. So um, you know, obviously you can uh, you can kind of look um, on the slate tonight. We got uh, you know I, I actually kind of do like the Rangers just from uh, on a Friday night perspective that you know they're getting the Bruins and and maybe just in this this next series with, with the Bruins. I mean they played them really close two games. Uh, lost by a goal, play, took them to overtime in another game. Um, I, I think this is actually a pretty good opportunity for New York to, to potentially pull out an upset. So um, you can definitely look at them as as kind of an, uh, an underdog play, I think, on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Maybe even look to, uh, you know, um, uh, Georgiev tonight in goal on Friday, if, if this is getting out in time for that. Uh, he, he's played well off rest. He's only 6,600. It's a good upset spot. So I, I like them. And then uh, the other team uh, I'll, I'll kind of put um, – you know, uh, just put out there is, is the wild. Um, you know, they, they got, um, 20 goals over the last four games. So they're averaging around five goals per game. That's probably not going to last, but they're getting, they're getting really good secondary scoring right now from, uh, Matt Zuccarello, Kirill Kaprizov's playing really good. They're getting good goaltending. The, the wilder team, you just want to keep targeting for, for daily fantasy. You want it to keep targeting that, that second line, the really good value on DraftKings. A lot of these, I, I think they're still all under five K. Um, they're, they're top eight in expected goal rate. So, they're really um, like they're due for an outbreak uh, in offensively and, and they're kind of getting it right now. So I would really keep targeting that, uh, that Minnesota wild uh, offense as well. Awesome. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. And I look forward to talking to you again in the future. I hope. Absolutely, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the show today. The Rangers take on the Bruins tonight. Rangers take on the Bruins again on Sunday. Let's go Rangers.